our way back to our seats. All right. For those of us that have been around for the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, experiencing a miracle year in two, 2010. Uh, or I was going to say 2010. And uh, how many guys are saying 2010 these days instead of 2010? 2010, 20, 2000, either way, okay? All right. So we've been talking about having a miracle year. And uh, it was interesting, last Sunday night, we were going through our annual business meeting and uh, going through the different uh, reports. And uh, Dennis Hardy, one of our board members, kind of raised his hand and uh, he said, you know, Pastor, I think we had a miracle year in 2009. And uh, I agree. And I've kind of reflected on that and just thankful for what God has done and what God is doing uh, in our midst. Uh, but for those of you that haven't been around, uh, I want to just share that God had impressed in my heart early in the year. Um, in fact, it was after the third Sunday of the year. We were, my wife and I were driving towards Detroit, uh, heading out of town for a few days for vacation. And uh, I was just kind of laid back in the, in the van, and Jessica was driving. The kids were watching a movie in the back. And uh, kind of in my spirit, God said, you know, Ben, this is going to be a miracle year for the Gateway Church and for my family, and for the people of the Gateway Church. And, uh, and I just kind of made a list of things that were kind of on my heart at that point that I felt God was uh, saying that there was going to be miracles in physical healings this year. There was going to be miracles in favor and finances, miracles in open doors, miracles that will come by Holy Spirit direction in our lives, yielding to the Holy Spirit, uh, being open to what He says. Miracles and salvations, miracles and breakthrough, miracles and relationships, which we're going to talk about this morning, and then miracles where generational sin is going to be broken. And uh, I'm excited about that. And one of the things that, as I've kind of gone through this process and shared with many people, I've been encouraged on several occasions to write down the miracles, record what is happening so we can reflect and remember what God has done. In fact, Scripture talks about that, it's a, to write it down, and uh, it's, it's so important. We started off this uh, series, A Miracle Year. Uh, we want to kind of take that idea of a miracle year, and how does that apply to our mission as a church? Our mission is that we are a spirit-filled church committed to connecting the people of the lakeshore with God, with each other, and with the world right? And we've talked about that uh, quite a bit. In fact, next week, um, you'll, you'll see some signs on the walls. We had them for our annual business meeting, and there was a typo. It was horrible. But anyway, so we took them down. But there'll be signs on the walls kind of uh, displaying our mission and vision, our core values. In fact, one of our core values we're going to talk about this morning uh, with relationships. Um, but how does the miracle year relate to connecting with God? How does it relate to connecting with each other? And then how does it relate to connecting with the world? And so we started off our series, and uh, this is a little bit of review, but I think it's important that we talked about that miracles happen as we are in the presence of God. When we're in God's presence, whether it's in God's presence, there's brokenness that comes, saying, okay, God, I'm really sorry for my sin. A broken and a contrite spirit, the, the Bible says, that God desires. Or if it's in God's presence, that there's a desperation saying, God, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know where else to turn. And we turn to God, and God helps us, and there's miracles. 
or in God's presence, there's an expectancy that is heightened, a faith that is generated in our hearts and in our families and in our church. And so in God's presence, I believe that's where it starts, where miracles, uh, it's a breeding ground for the miraculous to happen. The second week that we talked, it was, uh, we kind of skipped uh, the, with each other, we went right to the world, and we talked about miracles in outreach for 2010, and how God had kind of put in our hearts as a, as a leadership team that God wants to do something great uh, through us, reaching out in our community. And if you remember, a few weeks ago, we had signs around the, the, uh, the sanctuary, and uh, we, we were identifying needs of our community, and then we were identifying ways that we could meet those needs. Well, those have been compiled, and uh, this week, uh, we have a board meeting, and we're going to be praying over those needs and asking God for just direction. And it was neat. At the end of that time, we had you take little hearts, and uh, each one had three hearts and saying, okay, what's closest to your heart? And so we're going to kind of look at those um, from the top to the bottom. Each need that was, was uh, written down has been represented. Each um, idea to meet that need has been recorded, and we're going to be looking at those. And so we talked about a miracle year in outreach, reaching out beyond ourselves, um, meeting needs of others. And then this morning, we want to take some time looking at this idea uh, that there is, the miraculous happens uh, in relationships. And, uh, and I know that God is desiring to do some incredible things within uh, our body as, as a body of believers, but then in your family, in your situation, I believe that God wants to break through in relationships. There may be broken relationships, hardships, uh, all kinds of pain, um, just uh, lots and lots of things that could be happening in relationship. And I believe that God wants to do the miraculous. I've kind of struggled with this week. Um, I've studied a lot, uh, spent a lot of time in prayer and uh, sometimes, you know, a message just comes and it clicks, right? And it just goes. Um, other times, it's a little harder. I don't know uh, if, if any of you are, have uh, done any public speaking. There are times that, that it's like, okay, God, I need, uh, I need a word. I need a word. And, uh, and really, this, this week, is, uh, as I've been preparing and, and knowing that we're going to talk about uh, a miraculous year with relationships, I've kind of like hit this wall. And, um, and I just want to share that to just say that, that I need God's help this morning. And I want God to move, and I know that he wants to move. And what I also know is that the enemy, <laughs> the, Satan, he would love nothing more than a topic like this to just be avoided to not be talked about. In fact, I wrote here in my notes, if the enemy can get us not to get along, we're finished. And that's true for your family, with your wife, with your husband, or with those that are closest to you, right? If your kids aren't getting along, or if there's, there's disrespect or disobedience, or there's just, you know, there's, there's conflict in the home, or if there's just a, a, a stirring within friends or just a, you know, it, can, uh, it affects us. Our witness is affected. So I was thinking, what kind of miracles in relationships are even needed? What kind of relationship miracles could we be asking God for? And I was brought back to the verse that we've talked about so often, Matthew 22. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? right? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second was what? To love 
your neighbor as yourself to love. And so that's the key. That's the goal. That's the mark that we want to hit when we talk about relationships. But the fact is, is that in a group this size, there are multiple, multiple relationships that are strained, that may be broken, relationships to the community, maybe with the city or with leaders, relationships within the church, maybe with neighbors, friends that, uh, where we burned our bridges and, and, and uh, maybe there were red flags along the way that we just ignored and uh, we, we've seen destruction in relationship. But then personally, within families, there are marriages I know that are struggling, that, are, are, that, that butt heads, husbands and wives, kids that, that are, that are uh, on the fringe, brothers and sisters that don't get along, um, uh, you know, parents to, uh, to grandparents to uh, all kinds of aunts and uncles. There are relationships within our lives that are broken or strained. In fact, I'd like us to take a moment and just kind of close our eyes for a moment. And I want you to think of or to identify a relationship that you are in now that has experienced some strain in the last, you know, last uh, since the beginning of this year. Relationship that has experienced some strain, some struggle from the beginning of this year. It could be a relationship at school. It could be a relationship with a teacher or a coach, a friend. It could be a relationship at home. Uh, it could be a relationship at work with a boss, or it could be a relationship with, with an employee uh, for those that are uh, in that situation. I want you to identify a relationship that has experienced some strain. All right, now open your eyes for a second. What is the root cause of the problem within all relationships? What does it go back to? Communication? Good. Selfishness? Sure. Well, as I reflected, I kind of just went back to the human condition. Sin. <laughs> From the very beginning of time, you look at Adam and Eve. <laughs> when, at, when Eve took the, the fruit first, she bit it, but Adam was there. But when God came after uh, Adam, and uh, he was looking for Adam, he was looking for the man in the relationship. But what did Adam do? He started blaming and saying, no, it was that way. And then it went to Cain and Abel, and, and uh, we know the story there. All the way to this week in our lives, there were probably, you know, the human condition, sin, is alive and well, and we have got to continually uh, put that off to the side. In Ephesians six twelve says that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities rulers of this dark world, the enemy is alive and well, and he would love nothing more than to affect your relationships. And so as I was thinking about these strained relationships that maybe we've identified in our minds, and thinking, what could we believe God for as far as these relationships are concerned? Maybe you haven't talked with your parents for, for weeks or months and what could you believe God for a breakthrough? Maybe there's a, a broken relationship at work and, and it just causes all kinds of problems. What could you believe God for? What kind of miracle would you be asking God for in your life? And what I want you to know, and I need to realize this myself, 
is that the miracle that we would believe for in the relationships that are strained in our lives, they will come, the miracles will come because of what God has or is doing inside of each and every one of us. There's a responsibility that lies right here. I'm not responsible for my wife in the sense of that re- our relationship for her side, but if I have an issue or if there's a problem, I need to own my side. I can't fix her or she can't fix me. I, it's, I've got to humble myself. And so there's some hard relationship things that may be happening in our lives. But I believe there are some principles for dealing with conflict and dealing with, with hardship and with strain. And I, I believe that the first thing we've got to realize is that when we consider uh, that, that sort of re- relationship uh, struggle, that we need to be wise. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, uh, Jesus says that we're kind of like sheep thrown to the wolves, right? And when we consider that in community and relationships, that we need to be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. We need to be wise and we need to be caring and we need to have love. I want you to turn in with me to Romans chapter 16. I don't know how many of you um, would consider yourselves a great uh, avoider. Um, one of my downfalls, uh, Romans 16 verse 17. Um, This is a great verse uh, that confirms that sometimes it's okay to avoid. Listen to this. Um, This has really nothing to do with the rest of the message, but I think it was kind of fun. Uh, Romans 16 verse 17 says, I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you've learned. Keep away from them. All right, so avoid those people that are that are causing trouble, causing causing uh, pain. But you know what's interesting is that if you go a little further in Matthew, we know that you can't always avoid the hard conversations, the hard situations in our lives. And when we know there's conflict, when we know that sin is creeping in when the human condition kind of takes over, when it comes to relationships, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. And there's a great guide for each and every one of us to follow. Because we are the ones that are responsible for the relationship. It's not the other person's uh, responsibility. You own a responsibility in each and every relationship. And we see that alive and well here in Matthew chapter 18. We'll start in verse, six, uh, start in verse 15. It says, If your brother sins against you, it could say when your brother sins against you, because it, we know it's inevitable. It says, Go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he is not listened, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by a testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as if you would a pagan or a tax collector. There's a, a series of, of uh, confrontations that is described here in Matthew chapter 18. 
We use this in our small groups. Uh, we use this with our uh, adult Bible study. It's part of one of our values for uh, uh, Bible study. And when we consider even the idea of um, that in our core values that we've listed 12 uh, core values as a church, one of those core values is relationships, all right, experiencing or uh, enjoying uh, authentic community and fellowship. Part of that comes back to this principle, that if there's an issue that you are aware of that, is, that has come up you need to go to the person first, privately. You go to the person privately, and you try to win them. You try to understand. You're asking questions. Help me understand. Help me to, uh, to see maybe the way you've seen. If things are not resolved, there's a, step, a second step that you need to take one or two witnesses with you to do that. If there's sin still abounding, if things have not been established or worked on at that point, then you bring it before the congregation, which would be painful, wouldn't it, if those first two steps um, didn't work? And then there's even a fourth step that if the person does not change or submit or uh, humble themselves, that you're supposed to turn from them and uh, ask them to, to be uh, distanced. And what this talks about, church, is communication, which when I asked what's the, kind of the root, someone said communication, and you're absolutely right. It speaks to communication, and how many of us struggle with communication problems? I know I do. This is something that's hard. But you know, the Bible teaches us that we are to keep short accounts, to take the high road, to not let the sun go down on our anger. And those are not easy things to do. But what happens is when we live that way, if we go a little further in Matthew 18, after Jesus explains this is the way you deal with a brother who sins against you when there's conflict, when there's relationship struggle, this is the way you do it. And then in verse 21, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, right after this, he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times? That sounds like good. That seems like that'd be hard, seven times. But Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, not seven times, but 77 times. Another version says 70 times seven. What we're seeking here is forgiveness for healing to happen. And when I consider the miracles that in relationships that I believe that God is bringing our way and has already begun, it begins with forgiveness. And I believe that when we look at this, when Jesus says to forgive, not seven times, but 77 times, the heart is, is that we need to be a forgiving people. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. And I believe that forgiveness, when we are forgiving others, there's a freedom that comes with that. It says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And that can happen quickly in a family, in a relationship with friends or on a team or it can happen at school or at work. But then it says in verse 16, so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit at what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Then listen what it says. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. The things that we struggle with are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. These are all things that affect our relationships. The sinful nature affects the way we deal with each other. It says, I warn you, and did it like I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is a relationship uh, uh, handbook for us. To live by the Spirit, to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit, leads to freedom living with short accounts, being able to lay our head down at night knowing that our relationships are okay, not letting the sin go to the next day, not letting our anger uh, uh, continue to eat us alive, but dealing with the hard things in our lives, being able to walk down the street and not be looking for someone that you want to hide from. Or being able to give someone a hug at church, maybe, that has offended you or had a hard time with. These are hard things. But I believe that John 13, 35 is so true that we as believers should be known for the love that we have for each other. And when we love each other, when we truly love each other, we will address some of these relationship problems, these issues, these strains. And when I kind of boil it down, what I've seen in my life and in my family and even beyond that with friends and even with, within the church, I believe this, the, the strain, the problems with relationships has two causes. The first is a communication problem. Whether it's an avoiding issue or a misunderstanding, all kinds of communication issues. The second is that it's a spiritual problem. 
self gets in the way, the list of the sinful nature at work within us. Jessica and I, we've been married, it'll be 14 years uh, here in another couple weeks, uh, or another two months. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I've often said, and Jessica could verify this, that when we struggle, when Jessica and I are having conflict, it's one of two things. Either we're not communicating or there's sin in the camp. There's a problem, and it's usually with me. I'll just be honest. (laughs) But if we can address that, the communication side, being open, being honest, asking for clarity, clearing the air, asking questions, stop avoiding, if we can identify the, the root issue, or if we can deal with the spiritual side and there's, if there's humility and forgiveness that can come, even when there is deep, deep pain for things that have happened, I believe that miracles can happen in relationships. I believe that with all my heart. Now, I was praying and asking God, and I believe that there are some here even this morning that when they consider the miracle they may need when it comes to connecting with others, their, may, their miracle may need to, be, to separate themselves from certain people. Bad company corrupts good morals, right? And their miracle could come through saying, okay, I'm cutting myself off from these relationships. Others, I believe, need, there is deep pain in relationships within your family, within those that are closest to you. How many have ever experienced that, that, man, you treat, let me just say, I can treat those that are closest to me the worse. And there's, whether there's years of that or even just an incident, the pain can be very real, can be very, very um, evident. And I believe God wants to touch I believe that some of the miracles need to come in reconciliation. One of the things that we have done, and this kind of started in my family when I was young, is at times we would have a family meeting. And I've shared this with a few families uh, you know, that have come. You know, I'm not a great counselor. I can listen okay, um, but don't ask for advice. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But one of the things that we've done uh, when we did growing up is that at times it was appropriate for my parents to say, all right, we're all going to sit down and we're going to work this thing out and let everybody talk, let everybody share. Well, I kind of grew up in a culture like that. And, and so when Jessica and I were engaged, um, we had our troubles, <laughs> We kind of fought a lot, and uh, at one time, Jessica took off the ring that I had given her, and she kind of threw it at me, and, uh, and I was the type that I just kind of kept it on the inside, okay? I didn't share with anybody. I didn't talk with anybody. Um, I didn't, certainly didn't uh, talk with my parents about that. 
Um, but what ended up happening, because I would avoid what was happening with us and didn't really share with anyone else, my parents had these huge concerns about our relationship. And we were months away from being married. And my parents were kind of like, it just kept on growing this, this concern. And, they, and I just felt like they didn't like Jessica at that point. And you felt that the, the same, didn't you? And Jessica and I were like, man, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, this is forever. This is, you know, but we felt God had called us together. And, uh, and so because I had avoided and didn't share, didn't communicate, um, my parents had this heightened concern. And, but I, the Holy Spirit just kind of prompted in me that we needed to have a family meeting. <laughs> and so Jessica and I sat down with my parents. Do you remember? <laughs> Oh, Jessica just went, Jessica just went, oh yeah. And we had a long, long talk. And what ended up happening is that there was some healing and some freedom that came from that. But there were so many uh, miscommunications, misunderstandings, and sitting down and having a meeting saying, look, we're not leaving until we can get along. It reminds me, uh, for those of you that remember Steve Levesque, um, when he was with us uh, last summer, uh, he talked about um, uh, his three daughters that weren't getting along. You guys might remember this story. And he took off his belt and belted his three girls together <laughs> and said, until you can get along, I'm not unbelting you. <laughs> you remember him telling us? Uh, sharing that, and uh, and so he belted them. I mean, they were, and, you know, I mean, three teenage girls. You can imagine, you know, they're you know trying to get around, and and at first they were just mad, didn't want to talk, and within moments, you know, within a short amount of time, they were loving each other. In fact, they tried to go to the bathroom together, he said. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but, but it's like, you know, sometimes we need to just get the belt out and put it around the relationships, those that are having trouble, those that, where there's a strain, and, uh, and, and pray for a miracle. I remember my parents used to make me hug my sister and not only did I have to hug her when we were mad at each other, they would say, okay, now give her a kiss. <laughs> that was horrible. But I remember <laughs> my sister Jamie especially, because we were only like 11 months, nine days apart. So we were like grew up like twins almost. Um, I remember her. Uh, we would you know, hug each other and start giggling. And then she's like, you know, before we could do anything else, I had to give her a kiss. I remember her running around the house, and I was chasing her, trying to give her a kiss. And by the time we were finished, I was laughing and having a good time, and, uh, you know, and we get over that. Oh, one more quick story. When I was in elementary school, I was reflecting on some of this this week about relationships. My best friend, Keith Najjar, and I, and I need to look him up. There's got to be a way I could get a hold of it get a hold of him. I haven't talked with him in years and years and years because he moved away in junior high. But we uh, were best of friends, did everything together, but one recess, I don't even remember what the issue was, but I remember it was really the only actual fight I ever was in. And I remember hitting him, and I remember my fist hurting, and I remember him hitting me and just being like, all oh, that hurts. <laughs> and we just like pounded on each other during recess and they, they came and took us to the principal office. And on the way home, we were walking home because we walked to school. 
We were like, what in the world were we doing? <laughs> but we just needed to get it out, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, sometimes that needs to happen. A family meeting. Get the big belt out. Make your kids hug each other. Or maybe you need to hug your wife until she starts to giggle. Who knows? But I'll tell you, when you do that, you're saying, God, help me in my relationships. I believe God is honored by that. Two things, communication and sin. And you know, as a church, we're susceptible to both of those. Do you realize that? Communication, struggles, but also sin, if we're honest, can creep in in our hearts and in our lives, and we can let sin dominate. And so we need to be aware of that, and we need to be, uh, have our defenses up and ask God to help us in these areas that we can experience miracles in relationships, knowing that God uh, is in control. One of the ways that we're going to do that this year, and it's part of the goals and objectives that we've created as, as a church, is that we have created a communication box. And uh, John Sowen, thanks for bringing it this morning. And uh, starting next week, we're going to have like little uh, communication cards in there. And if you want to communicate with us, the, with the leadership of the church, we're going to give you an avenue to do that, to share your thoughts, concerns, suggestions, those types of things, encouragements as well. And, uh, and you can put that in, and uh, we will be looking at these, opening it up every Tuesday. Uh, we're committed to do that, and uh, we want to communicate well. We know that when there is a lack of communication or there's a break in a relationship, that it doesn't just get better by itself, does it? We think, well, we'll just avoid it, or that boy, that person, you know, we'll just let them be. And what ends up happening while we're avoiding the situation, the problem is in the corner doing push-ups, getting stronger. And we don't want that. We know that's not honoring to God. And so we've created this communication box to kind of help us with that. On the same side, not only do we want to communicate with each other uh, and communicate in our own families and those types of things, we want to be a spiritual body of believers that are quick to forgive, that have short accounts with each other. And when there is sin, that we will deal with it in humility and we'll follow the Matthew 18 principle. I believe it will safeguard us and will help us be as effective that God, uh, the way God wants us to be. And I believe that as we consider our core value of relationships, it's one of 12, I believe it's an important one. And I'd like for you, we kind of started off identifying a person in our life that we may have had some relational strain with in the near, in the, in the near past maybe since the beginning of the year. Someone in your life where you just grinds you or there's a, there's a situation that maybe you've been avoiding, a relationship, maybe you haven't talked with your parents uh, or maybe you've uh, avoided um, you know, you know, dealing with something with your kids. There may be marriages that are just struggling and the communication part is just uh, non-existent. Or maybe there's sin that has creeped into your life and it's uh, causing relational difficulty. 
I believe that God wants to do a miracle in your life and in your situation. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come and just, uh, just to kind of set the atmosphere for some response in prayer. And I really want us to consider the relationships in our lives. Are they God-honoring relationships? Like I said a few minutes ago, there may be people here that the miracle that you need is more of a separation from relationships, from friends that are dragging you down. That kind of relates to the sin nature that, that may be uh, apparent in, in your life. And I'm wondering this morning, would you be honest enough to say, God, I need you to help me. I need your strength to remove that relationship out of my life and put me on a, to create some new friends or to, to do that. With your head bowed and eyes closed, uh, no one looking around, is there anyone here that would say, man, that's me? There are relationships that I need to change. People I hang around that I need to be aware of that have the potential to tear me down. Just, just hold up your hand real, real quick. Sure. Yep. Who else? Yeah. Thanks. Couple of raise their hand. My guess is that there's others <laughs> realistically that struggle in that area. And I want you to know that God, when you take a stand for righteousness, he's not going to leave you hanging. And when you cut off some of those relationships, I believe that God will honor that. It may be hard, it may be tough, but I believe that God will bless you because of that. The second area is when we consider the relationship perhaps that most recently has been strained or struggled with. It could be a relationship that has struggled for years. But I believe that God is wanting to move and intervene in that situation. And each and every one of us have a different situation. But I believe it boils down to communication and sin. And in our lives, it's our responsibility to deal with the sin in our own lives. You're not responsible for anyone else's sin. But you can turn to Christ. And he can forgive you, take away the sin in your heart and in your life. And he's wanting to do that. And the second thing is that he's wanting to create an environment to communicate, to give you the boldness, to share, to break through that awkward stage, to get the belt out, so to speak, and wrap it around until you get along. And that can happen in the community, within the believers here. It can happen with neighbors and friends. 
And it can certainly happen within your immediate family. And I believe God is wanting to do that in your hearts and in your lives. I want us all to stand this morning. We're going to spend a moment asking God to change us on the inside. The best you can hope for is that God would intervene inside of each and every one of us. And I believe that as that happens, there's going to be miracles, that there will be payoff in your relationships. I believe that with all my heart. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for each and every one here. God, I know that sometimes it's easier to avoid a hard situation. It's easier to turn our eyes and not deal with what needs to be dealt with when it comes to relationships. And God, I just pray that you would give us just an overwhelming sense that you are with us, God, and that you are helping us to be better communicators, to not let things just be swept under the carpet, to not avoid, but then also, God, that we would not allow sin to rule and reign in our lives. And so this morning, we humble ourselves, and God, we're asking for your help. Do what only you can do, Lord. God will give you the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, if God has put a person in your heart, as we've talked about identifying an individual that there's a strain or broken relationship, I'm going to challenge you this morning to make it a point this to reestablish the communication lines with that individual, pick up the phone, make an appointment, visit, or to sit down the family and say, you know what, this is the deal. And I believe that as you make that step, I believe, like in my relationship with Jessica and with my parents, the misunderstandings are on the table and there's clarity, and there was healing that happened in our relationships. And I kind of say now that my parents kind of think Jessica's the best, and uh, you are the best, <laughs> and I'm thankful for her. But you know what? I'm glad that we got through that time. I'm not saying there would be, there's not going to be other hard times, but make the appointment. Have the family meeting. Get the kids together. Get the family. Get, the, get at work or wherever the circumstance might be and break through. But when you do it, do it with humility, knowing that as we humble ourselves and seek to be heard and to be forgiven and to forgive, that that's when miracles happen in our lives. Miracles in relationships. Amen? Amen. I don't know if you've got a song that you're uh, thinking of. 
But let's take a moment, and uh, we've got a couple moments here, and let's just close our eyes and let this time just seal in our hearts what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
God, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and around us as we leave this place. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. If you need prayer for anything specific, we'd love for, to pray with you. If you need, would like to be anointed with oil, we'd love to do that. But go in the grace of God. Tonight we've got small groups, four of them. We'd love for you to find yourself in one of those. And uh, God bless you. Amen.